welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview an up-and-coming trumpet player from the Bahamas, Giveton Gallon. Hello, everybody. This is Leander from Improv Exchange. Today, we have the young but super talented Giveton with us today. Did I say your name correctly? Yeah, that's my name, Giveton. Um, my last name is actually pronounced with a soft G, Jelen. Okay, Giveton, Jelen. Nice. Well, you said it right. Okay, that's my first. I'm really bad at names a lot of times. So, can you give a short summary about yourself to the people? Yes. Um, I am a 21-year-old trumpet player um, based in New York City right now. Uh, I've been attending the Juilliard School. I'm currently a senior. Um, I'm originally from the Bahamas. Um, both of my parents are Haitian. I have a multicultural type of background. What else? Yeah, I've been, you know, I came to New York and I met, you know, some great musicians and was able to create music and have mentors to help me along the way, you know. I think one of the people that maybe first come to mind is probably Roy, for sure. Coming to New York, that was a big part of me. In action with him before he passed, that was super special. Um, Roy Hargrove? Yeah, you know, I guess, we, you know, that's a good... When you said Roy, yeah. like six names Sorry. came to my head. That's why I had to ask which one. Oh, I said Roy Hargrove. I mean, I mean, I met Roy Hargrove. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I guess sometimes, I, sometimes, you know, I could assume, you know, it's one Roy because I'm used to mentioning him like that or talking about him like that. Oh, that's good, man. Well, when did you come up from Nassau? How old were you? 17. I went to Oberlin for one year, where I also studied with another trumpet mentor of mine, Eddie Henderson. Um, um, I, I went to Oberlin, and also Gary Bartz was at Oberlin, still there, and also Billy Hart. Um, there were some great teachers there, so I went there for a year, and then I moved, I transferred after a year of Oberlin to New York City, and now I'm here. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm proud you went to Juilliard, but what made you want to switch? Oh, you mean what made me want to leave Ohio? Yeah, to come to New York. Is that what you're saying? Oberlin? Yeah. The school I was in? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. You know, there's not one particular reason. Um, but, you know, needless to say, like, for me, if I had never had made that decision, you know, my life would have been different, you know. Um, so I think that's a better way of explaining it. Because, of course, man, this New York, it's, you know, music, this the scene, there's, you know, the, the musicians that, you know, I saw Eddie all the time being in New York. I saw... Gary all the time being in New York and more. So, you know, so it's just more sort of toss up of what I really wanted at the time. And I chose to make that decision. Okay. Then how is it studying with Winton and them? You know, Winton is the head of the head of the department. You know, I personally have a connection with him because I met him when I was younger as well. Um, one of the first, you know, guys 
um, legends or masters of music that, you know, I was able to make a connection with. Um, so he's the head of the department, so I don't get like personal lessons with him, but he comes in for certain classes and, you know, he talks, you know, and he shares his mind and it's always good for us to hear. Mm-hmm. And when, um, but how did you meet I him before? I studied with Joe Magnarelli. At, I met him before when I first came to um, New York City. Um, he was playing at Queens with JLCO. And I, you know, waited after and caught him when he was leaving the show. Okay. And that's how I first met Winston. And then from there, you know, I told him everything about me. I'm from the Bahamas. I came all the way here to hear you play and stuff. And from there, I told him I was serious about the music. And I told him some of the names. He asked me what type of caps I like. And I started just naming, just naming as many trumpet players as I can. You know, Blue Mitchell, Freddie Hubbard, you know, all of the guys. And, you know. I guess he can just, at that point, kind of tell, okay, you know, I knew some names enough. And so he told me, you know, to, you know, give him a call. And so from there, you know, that was like a start of our, like, connection for sure. Wow. That's actually pretty nice of Winston and everything. So hopefully he still helps mentoring you. And you said... No, man, Winston, Winston, yeah, Winston... Winston is one of those guys who makes himself very accessible, you know? If you really reach out to him, you'll you, be able to get a hold of him. That's nice, man. So you're also studying with John right now, you said, right? I was saying I was studying um, for the past three years at Juilliard with Joe Magnarelli, a great, you know, uh, jazz trumpeter on the New York scene. He's been around for a long time. And um, right now I'm studying with the classical trumpet teacher, Ray Mace. Okay, man. That's actually very impressive. So let's get into your album because that's how I first heard from you, which I think is monstrous. Unfortunately, Corona is one of those things where I think held it back. Would you like to tell us about it? Right. I mean, I was just I was just waiting for you to finish. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's been like, you know, the, the most recent thing for me. Um, just as far as musically and, you know, the direction I'm trying to take my first debut, um, it's called True Design. Uh, the guys on it, we first met at Juilliard and it, it's a basically, a, it was basically the band that I kind of started with, with the, with the basic, with the people that were already around me at the time. So Kyle Benford, Philip Norris, uh, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Wilkins. And, you know, we basically had a residency at Smoke Jazz Club and we were able to really work along with the music. I'm just saying, Micah came on the show before Kyle came on. They're both amazing artists. Personally, I hope you are able to keep this group together. It might be one of the great, you know, combos of all time, hopefully. Oh man, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, I'm definitely not thinking about that, but I, I definitely think we do have a special uh, bond, and we, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. It all happened. And it all started at Smoke, um, and Smalls Jazz Club, and uh, yeah, it was just, you know, it was just kind of staying consistent and playing regularly, which you know usually leads to something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you also played with Bobby. How was that? 
Man, yeah, Bobby Watson, man, he's the, he's definitely uh, 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 one of the greatest, you know, composers to ever do it, alto saxophonist to ever do it. Um, and, you know, when I went playing with him, you know, I definitely got the spirit of our Blakey. Um, and, you know, I was very, I felt very fortunate to be able to, you know, play a few gigs with him on the road and also be a part of his latest record, Keeping It Real. Uh, the album was actually number one on the billboard, the jazz, the jazz, the jazz charts. Um, maybe think very recently, like a week or two ago. Mm, nice man. Hopefully maybe you get up for a Grammy. Maybe you'll be get nominated. We'll see how that goes in the future. So man, coming who from, knows? Who knows? it's Bobby, you know? <laughs> yeah. Coming from Nassau, how did you get into jazz music? Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. So I first started off um, in the marching band. And when I got about to, let me say, junior high school, that's like grade seven. And my music teacher played a recording for us, The Three, the three Trumpeters by Nicholas Payton, which featured Roy Hargrove, Wynton Marcellus, and um, Nicholas Payton. And once I heard that, at record, like I, you know, for me, I was just a trumpet player who was, you know, I always heard a trumpet in the context of festivals and there's certain things called um, Junkanoo over there and there's also the marching band. So there wasn't necessarily a scene for jazz at the time or that I knew of. And uh, I basically was like, I got to find out more about this trumpet thing, you know, and I, you know, started looking up the, looking up the names on Google and starting to do some research. And from there, I met my mentor at 13, I think not too long after that. I met my mentor. His name is Adrian Diagla. He's a bass player. And he spent a lot of time on the New York scene. And, you know, he was able to really guide me, even though I was in an environment that didn't uh, necessarily, the music wasn't as prevalent. But I want to make it known that a scene exists in the Bahamas, you know, through okay. my mentor and through him and what he's kind of been cultivating down there. So I'm a product of their scene. It's very small, but it exists. And so that's kind of how I got my start being in the Bahamas. And from there, I was able to, when it was time for me to graduate high school, I was able to come to the United States and, you know, be able to play it, you know, with people that were there. Okay. Now you got to educate me now. Tell me about the jazz scene there versus the one in New York. Um, so the jazz scene in the Bahamas is, uh, man, the Bahamas, there's so many talented, uh, just, just instrumentalists, singers, you know, just, just talented, man. And it's like, it's kind of like they all kind of need a guidance and maybe there isn't, uh, there's, but there, there was like, you know, very much so a college there. They started the college of the Bahamas and, you know, I've been, you know, my mentor was a part of that, um, um, school now and you know and so we're starting to create more of a stronger you know education like as far as for the music um but as far as when i was coming up um in the bahamas there was this thing called jacaranda house it was a thing they do every first sunday of the month and people all tourists it's like a very touristy type of attraction and you know to it was kind of like connected with the tourism type of thing if that makes sense but through that there were many opportunities to play and many opportunities for music to jazz, for jazz music to happen, you know? And so, yeah, guys take it, 
seriously down there too. So, you know, it's just different. Could you recommend some other artists down there that we don't know about up here? Uh, there's a lot, man. Um, these are a lot younger artists, but the guys that play in um, the band, in the band that I grew up playing with, is called the Jazz Cats, and Adrian Jagler is the leader. Um, Gibson Jelen, my brother, my brother plays drums for that band, um, and Eric Boxerman is the piano player um, for that band. Um, but there are a lot of um, Naomi Taylor. Um, she's also a big jazz person in the uh, Chris Justillian is a big educator down in the Bahamas. Uh, there are so many names, man. And, and you know, I, I know I'm probably missing a lot of names, but that you know, trust me. You know, if you want, just let me know, and I can send you some more contacts of cats. You know, you know playing down there. Um, Lamont Gibson, he's a great trumpet player, man. This guy can play. That's who I grew up listening to. Um, Sheep, Sheep Robinson, that's an alto saxophonist from the Bahamas. You know, so you know it's it, it's definitely some you know it's a it's a it's a it's a handful of cats you know down there. And that's good because I'm always willing and actually wanting to learn more about the field, find out new artists that are performing. Because as much as I try, I can't hear of every single jazz artist in the world. So if someone's recommending them, right. I like to go out there and check them out. Definitely, so, Neil Simmer is another name. I don't want to. I don't want to forget another Neil Simonet. He's an important drummer down in the Bahamas too. Okay. So, when you came up to New York, what was one thing that did shock you? Man, when I came to New York, yeah, the fact that you know all the cats. I guess, of course, within New York, they're always going to be you can, the Giants are here, right? So, I think that was the first thing, like you know, just getting used to the fact that I can just walk, you know, to a club and just see, you know. Tom Harrell just walking down the street, or Roy, you know, or Johnny O'Neill. Um, you know, it's like you see all of these guys, saw Ravi Coltrane, the smallest ones, you know. So it's like, it, it's, it's the Mecca. And it's like, you know that when you come here because, you know, I think that was the first thing I had to get used to. I think now I kind of have a better sense of navigating and knowing, okay, yeah, that's Ron. You know, that's, you know, so I think that's, that was probably one of the first things that shocked me. And of course, the talent level is crazy. So I, I was very um, inspired, and still am, you know, by just the city in general. Okay, I fully understand that. And how about your classes at Juilliard? Um, yeah, so it's a you know, it's like a four year course. It's a bachelor's um, for jazz studies. Well, I met where the classes there uh, like compared we go for to. A lot of I mean, I mean, when those classes compared to the one in Ohio, how were they? Were they roughly oh, the same? Were they this different type of level? Did you get any I mean, but, Yeah, I mean, it, it's the same information, but I think, the, I, I think the curriculum and probably some of their values and what some of the values they place on things are probably a little bit different, you know, which is expected. And so, you know, I definitely think I learned from both and got, you know, information and kind of, could see both sides of things in a lot of sense, you know. Understood. So, even though you're young, where do you think the jazz scene will be in 10 years? Okay. Um, as far as this scene of musicians right now and, and the future of it, that's what you're asking me? 
that or do you think it'll be on a decline? Do you think it'll be on an uprise? What do you think? Man, I'm never going to think it's a decline. Never, ever, ever. I mean, you know, I mean, of course, like, as far as you talk about, like, specifics and as far as the word jazz, like, of course, we understand the difference and, like, you know, but as far as, like, the music itself, artistic music, you know, black music, like, what we're actually trying to do and when you hear us play now and today, when you hear us play at a live show, like, what happens, that's, I don't think that's going to decline in any shape or form. What I think as far as musically when it comes to the jazz realm, with the time we're going through right now, there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of just forces, just, just like very dominant forces that are moving. And I think the shape or where we're going is definitely at a place where there, there will be a need for something as connected as jazz music or as connected as you know, um, you know, black music or as connected as music that has a spiritual element to it, you know, like black music is where form is spiritual. And so like, that's like embedded in all the popular music you hear it, you know, just its essence. And so like, I feel like that's definitely never going to decline. It's probably going to be more of a demand because it's kind of what we need. Um, but as far as jazz music, like I, I was thinking about this recently, like, and I don't even like to put labels on things. I don't even like to, you know, do that type of stuff. But as far as like, I play with John Batiste as well. And, um, I was a part of his last two latest records, Chronology of Dreams and, um, Anatomy of Angels. And like, just the vision behind that and seeing what the other guys of my generation are doing as well. Like the music, you know, a lot of these, you know, a lot of the leaders right now are very much so heading for maybe so a celestial like place, the celestial jazz. I, I you know, I, I guess it, I guess people can call it celestial jazz, but like that's kind of like what my album was, True Design was, you know, it was really trying to connect to the source and connect to like the higher, the higher purpose and like, you know, and I and what I like to think about it is like the spiritual element, the music in its world form. Like right now, all we're doing is taking that and bringing it to the forefront. Like I think that's what this generation is really about, and that's what is probably going to be the outcome. I mean, that'd be great. I also like to see more jazz being played on Billboard charts and pop stream channels. Hopefully, in the future. But that's the thing, man. Yeah, it's it's where this is the generation. You know, like literally. The leaders of this generation and the guys that are pushing, you know, or making music or any music, like all the music that coming out in 2020, man, like artists were like, it's a pivotal moment right now. You know, the energies and like, yeah, I can go on. <laughs> no, 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 go, go. Tell me some people who you think are doing that. Who do you think are the next leader of jazz? You mean like young cats? Yeah, young cats, your age. I'm older than you. I mean, but like, no, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I don't also like to think about it like that because I think, you know, as far as like all the music that come out right now is part of like the same generation kind of. But I know what you mean as far as young musicians coming up. Of course, the names you've been hearing, you know, Joel and, you know, Emmanuel, you know, Russell Hall, um, you know, Michael Wenzel, uh, uh, you know, uh, Michael Thomas, man, you know, the... The, the, the scene right now is very much so filled with very strong and powerful individual voices 
And so like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm talking about all those voices that all have that connection. So like, so yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I could, I could definitely need more names, but I think you get the essence of what I mean by like the leaders as in like, you know, all of the cats that are on the scene right now with very strong voices, like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, uh, important time, you know, it's, it's, and jazz too, man. It's, this is like the first generation that you see a result of like the age of information, right? Like just like internet, like we all grew up, like the people that are now twenties and thirties, we all grew up with that access of information. So there's a different, you know, just the evolution is crazy, you know, to see. Okay. No, I actually agree with you on it. And you're actually a living example of that. So what Definitely, is man. YouTube? <laughs> YouTube? Yeah. The YouTube. I love YouTube. I find out artists from all over the world on that. So what is a project you're working on next? If you're willing to share. Um, so I have a show coming up this weekend, um, with, um, in conjunction with, in connection with, uh, DC Jazz Fest Festival, and it's going to be on live, it's going to be live streamed, um, and, uh, yeah, we, as a band, like the band, the personnel of the CD, we went over to, um, Washington, D.C., and we recorded, um, pre-recorded a live set, you know, 45-minute, 50 or 50-minute 50 set, if you want to call it of true design music, but also some other new things that I've been working on. And I talk about exactly what I'm talking about now, like the, 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 the time and like the weight of, you know, going through the Corona period, like literally this mood, like the swings of up and down and like, uh, you know, and I, I have a trilogy I wrote, you know, and it's, and it's the, the trilogy is, is like a three part. There's the first part is called mystic. The second part is called triumphant. The last part is called Freedom. And like we premiered it at the DC Jazz Fest. So, um, and what's interesting, man, that, that the gig that we played at DC Jazz Fest, like we haven't played like in months since, since probably since the album, probably since the album, bro. Like, and so when we went to DC, we were all in like very much so different places because it's been a long time musically. So it was interesting that the music and the interpretation of the album music is totally different. It's, you know, it sounds nothing like the record, but what's great is that like, we, <laughs> you know, we have that as documentation and like, you know, and so, you know, I, you know, I'm, you know, that's kind of where I'm leading to. And like, I'm always trying to follow where, you know, the force wants to take me. <laughs> Not to try to sound too cliche and like Star no, 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 Wars, cool. but you know, Music is definitely powerful. Okay. So if you could remove all the barriers, all the constraints, what type of project would you make and who would be on it? Right now, man, I'm actually, I've been thinking about doing this project for so long, bro. And I think I will do it. If, you know, we talk about constraints, that's exactly what it is. I, of course, I have music for this band right now, but like just in general, if Corona wasn't happening, I wanted to set up like live shows with the masters. Like I kind of wanted to, you know, have like a week where I feature different masters every day of the week and we record all of those. You know, I know, 
you know, it, it's an idea that's been done. But as far as like for me, that significance of that, you know, and the fact that, you know, we have to definitely like treasure the voices, you know, um, that are here with us. Um, so, yeah, I kind of really want to get that project happening. If I can get a massive project happening where I'm going to be calling people like Bobby, Pete, calling people like Curtis, Billy Hart, you know, Gary Bartz, all of these guys that are like my teachers, you know, um, and kind of create like a compilation or like a just have that as as documentation and see what I want to do with it. That would be a great thing without constraints to do. Okay, name one artist you want to perform with first. Oh, I I I named some. I named some. No, but, no. First, man, who's the know, first Ron one? Ron Carter, had, man. Ron. Okay, that's what I meant. <laughs> if you had to choose the first, person, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, because I was thinking about it and seeing how I can make things work. And like, Ron would probably be one of the people I would want to reach out to. Say this thing, you know, it's all recorded, so he probably, I don't know, maybe you'd hear it, because <laughs> I, you know, I definitely want to make that possible. Well, you never know, man. You have a huge career ahead of you. They might actually let you. They might actually be honored to do it with you. Just hit them up. You never know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just, I mean, it's just planning to, you know, I just have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So before you go, we normally like to give a shout out and show our respects to artists who came before us. I'm going to tell you an instrument and two artists. Choose one. And if you wish, tell us why. Okay. 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 So on saxophone, John Coltrane or Wayne Shorter? Man, that's hard, bro. You can't, you know, that's two important voices. You can't have um, one without, I mean, I guess you can't have Wayne without Train or, you know, and, and you know, just vice versa. Because I think later on, but like, I don't know, but I would say train, you know, cause you know, Miles Davis, but like, you know, and I, 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 that stuff always gets you in a tricky spot because jazz is like, you know, giants are giants, you know? <laughs> Understood. I mean, I try not to make it easy. So on keys, <laughs> Duke Ellington or McCoy Turner? Me and McCoy Tyner. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, uh, whew, that's hard, bro. That's really hard. I'd have to take Duke, bro, because, you know, both are the same, same thing. You know, both are just as pivotal. Um, but I guess, you know, you look at the amount of compositions. I mean, McCoy wrote a lot of tunes too, but it's just the, the swing era and Duke and his, you know, contributions. You know, too. I just have to think. Yeah, and that came before. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking chronolo chrono chronologically now at this point. But you get you get my point. Maybe Duke, but you see my reasoning. No, no, no. I get you. So, on bass, Christian McBride or Esperanza Spartan? Ooh, yo, that's killing. That's very killing. Uh, wow. You see, see, that's very hard because I, I, I love both artists, you know, and I, as far as, as far as her artistry, like, you know, 
it's, it, it's so it's so like it's so cross genre, and you know, but her connection to the music is so deep too. It's like Christian. Whew, that's like who I you know I grew up listening to Christian. You know, with especially with Roy stuff and his his stuff with Roy Haynes and yeah, I love Christian and I you know and I've been able to meet him and make a connection with him. So man, I'm the, my my this this actually don't have anything this. My answer is actually because I actually know I actually know Christian personally, and I've pl- and I and I've played with him once. I want to be able to play with Esperanza though. You know, I know Morgan plays with her, but um, I guess for now, I guess say Christian. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Even though I think that's kind of unfair to both of them, but I'm base. No, yeah, it's like you know, you put me in a position. I'm like, bruh, I don't know what you're trying to do. No, I just like to hear people's answers, and I just mess with them, man. There's no right or wrong answer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. On drums, we'll go with Max Roach or Art Blakely. Woo! See, that's the same, same, same thing there. Um. I gotta go with art, man. I gotta go with art. He came, you know, that's that that's like the foundation also. Our Blakey Jazz messages, you know, as far as like a trajectory you think of the music and but Max approach too though, like that's a big also pivotal, you know, drum as far as for modern jazz, bro. Like Max Roach, man. So like I think about him like uh how I don't know how to exactly answer this, but I'm only thinking of our Blakey Jazz messages and how that band, you know literally was around for so long and had different periods of the band and they were, you know, that influenced the music in a lot of ways. So I'm just going to go with art. Okay. And finally, on trumpet, Dizzy Gillespie or Louis Armstrong? See, now, I got I got to go with Louis Armstrong, but Dizzy, you know, they, they them two are close. You know, they're connected too. So, you know, um, but that's the that's the father, you know. Louis Armstrong is the father of it all. So okay, yes, can't ever go, you know, can't go anywhere without easy. So I'm gonna make it harder than Lee Morgan or Freddie Hubbard. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. Um whew, that's so hard, bro. Cause Lee means so much to me, bro. Lee means so much to me. Wow. You got to choose one. Come on. I know. I love Freddie, though. It's just, you know, that's one of, like, all-time things I always watch. I- I'll go with Lee, though. I'll go with Lee. Because, okay. you know, I feel like, <laughs> of course, yeah, our Blakey messengers, you know, moaning. I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm just, it's just It just depends on what headspace you're in. You know, that's... That determines the answer. <laughs> understood, understood. So, could you tell the people where to find you, your social media, your website, etc.? So, yes, you can find me on giftandjohnny.com. Um, I have my album um, available there, all of my music, all of the... I have my bio. I have, I have all information about me there, actually. You know, I also do lessons. Um, you can schedule it on my website as well. Uh, yeah, and True Design is 
you know, it's accessible on our streaming platforms. You can also buy CDs now on my website. Um, we just, we just, we just got our first batch and we're actually working now on vinyls later on um, for True Design. So things are going to be popping up, you know, as the year progresses. Um, yeah, you know, I appreciate all people who listen to it. Um, yeah, like, you know, it was truly just, it was, it was, it was really organic how it all came together. And I, and I, I thought that it was meant for it to be out at the time that it did, you know, referencing back to your first question. Okay, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Means a lot. I wish you a long career. No Hopefully it continues to go upward. Cause like I said, that last album had me from start to finish. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Well, you know, check out, check, check, um, check us out this weekend. Um, you know, but yeah, that's all I, that's all I think I have to say. Okay, man. Well, everyone, this thank is you Le for having me. No, anytime, man. Mm -hmm. Come back on whenever you wish. Yeah. This is Leanna from Improv Exchange. Right. Thank you guys. Have a good night. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange. <laughs>